everybody and welcome to our leadership series on the sofa with Angie. Today's special guest is Nikki Hoyland, who is the CEO of MCG. Uh, a very warm welcome, Nikki. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, so you've had a, a really inspirational story, which I've really enjoyed learning about. Um, what sort of got you into the tech industry? Yeah, I think I've, I've always been really interested in technology. I think from being really young and into some, you know, consoles and, and various things when I was when I was very young and at school. Um, coming out of university where I did uh, film and media studies, which is so unrelated to what I do now, but I guess that's just part and parcel of what you go through in your in your career and where you end up going to. Um, worked with uh, Cisco and Microsoft in more of a tech space. Um, so started my career in a, in a, in a more of an IT um, environment and, and you know, working work space straight out of university. Uh, loved it, really passionate for technology, how technology is integrated into our day-to-day -day lives. Um, and I guess the rest, as they say, is, is history. And that's where I've got to stay. That's, that's how it all started. Fantastic. So you founded a number of companies in recent years. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, the um, Digital Balance I was co-founder of and having been um, technology manager at uh, EE in the learning and HR space, um, saw the need for actually how from a, from a HR and development and talent point of view, often we try to sort of shoehorn technology onto people and it's very process based and it's very process driven in its nature. Um, there's lots of large systems that don't talk to each other and a lot of inflexibility inside the industry and how systems don't really communicate or integrate and the, the user experience isn't, isn't really thought of. So one of the, 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 the points behind Digital Balance when that was first formed and as is now DBLX was to actually allow us to become a true tech extension of the business, work with the customer to understand how could technology help and how could technology highlight and further um, increase engagement in an organization. So that's where DBLX started. Um, we, we sold into a larger group, which MCG, which I'm now the CEO of. Um, and we also have the Hula brand, which is our software as a service model that we'll be launching in January of 2021. Fantastic. And that's really impressive, particularly in an environment where so few women are succeed as female founders in the tech industry. So how are you able to, to sort of succeed in that, uh, what is still very much a male dominated founders environment? It's an interesting question because I, I, I think when, when asked about it, I think often I, I encourage other women to take a seat at the table and it isn't necessarily just about one voice being louder than the other. Um, I don't think that that's a competition of women in the, in the tech industry. I think it is literally people having a voice, having a shared opinion, whether that's regardless of your, of your gender or ethnicity or sexuality. Um, I think that variation of background is, is just provides such strength within the technology space. Um, at times it's been it's been challenging when you're you are the only female voice in a, in a room full of, of men that perhaps have um, different opinions to you or a different background or a different approach um, I'm all about relationship with people though uh, and, and getting together to get to the solution and the how technology helps with the conversation so I think I tend to try to remove some of the stereotypes around the table and just 
take that as more a, a relationship-led um, approach to the what we're all there to achieve. Um, but I think, as I say, it's it's super important that women in technology encourage other women to, to bring a, a seat to the table and to, to start to have opinions and, and have a voice that sometimes it's, it's interesting in the opinion of um, if a woman's quite strong in her opinion or in, in her approach to something, she can come across bossy or a bit of a bitch or a bit too bolshy. Whereas within a man that's seen as really assertive and leadership sort of um, styles and qualities. And I think we just need to ditch a lot of that stereotype that, that's happening. Because um, ultimately, if it's what's right for the business, if it's what's right for the, the, the growth and the progression of what you're trying to achieve, um, those voices around the table only, only continue to, to further that, that agenda. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been, a, been an interesting ride. <laughs> Absolutely. And also women make up close to 50% of tech consumers. So, you know, as a female founder, it's really important to have that voice when you're developing the product so that it's actually fit to a broader audience rather than just one segment. Absolutely. And, and I think sometimes that gets missed. Um, one of my, my biggest passions is putting yourself in the user's shoes. Uh, certainly from a, from a HR technology point of view, I think sometimes the human of um, human resources gets lost and we start talking about a person behind the screen um, and that in itself can be, become very statistically driven and data driven and fact driven and you forget about the persona of the, the, the person that's actually in, engaging with the software um, so I think to have those voices around the table that are truly representative of the users and you know can really put themselves in the, the user's shoes is just an asset to any company Absolutely. And so with your career, I mean, you've had a, a fantastic career. And who's had the biggest influence on your career sort of growing up? I'd say a wide, wide, wide mix of, of different um, people that have achieved from either a, in a sporting capacity or a business capacity, looking at lots of key people that would seem very obvious around like the, the, the Steve Jobs and the Musks and people that are pushing that, that agenda of, 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 of what they do and trying to leap technology on. Um, but I, I like to take influence from, from lots of different facets across different industries, as I say, sport, design, film, um, because I think that variety and that mix and the people that you look to for, for influence, you know, it, it gives you that a bit of a broader kind of spectrum of, of what good looks like to you and that that's really personal as well and what good looks like to me will be very different to yourself and, and very different to, to others that are, that are watching this and actually certainly looking at uh your some of your products and websites i can definitely see that design and creative influence coming through your brands as well which is great to see thank you it's and it's important i think i think sometimes um you know, you need to, to always remember that, you know, style over substance, you know, can also let things down that you need to make sure that the delivery of the functionality and the ease of use and the stability of use is, is, is absolutely uh, key too. But it needs to feel intuitive. It needs to feel like something that you want to engage with because there's so many different mixed mediums calling out for users' attention that, you know, you've got a very short amount of time to, to grab them. And if it doesn't, it doesn't feel easy if it doesn't feel intuitive it doesn't you know pull you in in some way you've kind of lost them at the at the start so um yeah i'm a, I'm a big fan of, of design and user experience and 
probably arguably a little bit of a nerd when it comes to, to user experience in that I, I never switch off from it and I'm always looking at how, how things have been designed and whether that makes total sense and is that easy to use, whether that's door handles or buttons on websites or you know, the, way that, the way that our product works. I think it's, it's just something that when you, when you switch it on, you, you can't seem to turn it off. <laughs> Absolutely. And so sort of growing up as well, your mum had um, quite a, a big influence on, on you and your career development. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, so uh, I was a um, only child from a, a single parent family. Um, and I think my work ethic started at a very young age. Um, I had to have a job for things that I wanted to buy for myself. I, I understood the value of money early on. Um, how hard it was to, to graft and push and get another paper round or um, start doing a Saturday job and, and so on. And then I, I never really got the opportunity to take things for granted. Um, it, it wasn't um, in any way an unhappy childhood. She gave me everything that she possibly could. But I think that that, that true value is, is something that I take with me all of the time. And I try to, you know, put myself in somebody else's shoes around it's all relative and I think if you've not had some experience it's difficult to try to put yourself where someone is but empathy and understanding is always very important in any any conversation and I think you know mum always instilled that in me um I'm very hot on my sleeve um and I'll always sort of say it how it is which is a, a characteristic I got from her um and yeah we were we were really close and I think even that should you know starts to at a young age build um the importance of relationships and how actually you know human beings interact with each other and uh, how important a relationship is and that only then extends out into the people that i meet now and um the things that i do and try to treat everybody how you would want to be treated yourself absolutely and and you know to have that kind of upbringing i, I certainly resonate with that myself as well and i had uh two paper rounds, a Saturday job, I yeah. have, and uh, yes. it, you know, it, it instills those values of hard work and perseverance and resilience, which is so important. Mm. So in terms of some of the, the challenges, what were some of the challenges that you experienced um, building your tech career? I think sometimes being the person that people want to ask questions of and, and expecting that you have all of the answers when in reality that you don't um, is sometimes a challenge. And I, I, I often answer those questions with complete and utter honesty in that I, I don't know, but I'll find out for you. Cause I think often it comes across when you, you know, you're trying to bluff your way through something. And I think that continues to, to instill trust and, and value in a relationship and just honesty and integrity. Cause I think all of those things are, are very, are very easy to try to fake but become apparent quite quickly um so that that has been a challenge learning a lot of new things and when you when you run a business it you know there are obviously things that you're passionate about and that you're interested in but you have to do lots of other things that you've either never done before or aren't your natural lean to to go to do um from a technology standpoint, things change all the time. People change all the time. I mean, the current situation that we're in um, with the pandemic is, is obviously another challenge that has hit out of absolutely nowhere. But I think whilst I, I do find that challenging in tech, I like that 
you know, we'll pivot from it, we'll learn from it, we'll adapt, we'll take those learnings and grow. Um, and whilst there's obviously a lot of negativity at, at the moment and, and it's impacted a lot of people's lives, I do think the, the positives that we're seeing and how people have just been so, so innovative in what they've done and, and, and reacted so quickly is, you know, some really, really positive messages that are happening. That's, I think those challenges, you can flip them and you either choose to, to, to see a challenge as something you can't overcome or you, you grab it and you, you know, you, you, you tackle it head on. And I think that again came from a very, very early age and a young age of actually there's, there's nothing that you, you can't tackle and try and learn from. So yeah, I'd, I'd say there hasn't been any one challenge um, because every day you can present different things um, and they're just completely mixed and varied depending on the day. Absolutely. And certainly, you know, the current environment, as you say, has presented a lot of challenges, but it's also opened up a lot of opportunities. Um, as a woman in Turkey, I know that you're a big advocate of equal opportunities. How do you think this current environment has really opened up um, opportunities for women? I think any of the barriers that were previously there were all in the same boat. Everybody is doing calls like this regardless. And, and even this week, I've had calls with people in Canada, New York, this call today. I've got calls tomorrow with a guy in Australia. And, and geography isn't a problem. Where you're based isn't a problem. Even some of your background and who you are and that kind of how would you start a connection has been broken down. And it's expected now that, you know, if you're at home and you've got a child or a dog or your partner's there or whoever's there, that actually somebody might come in and, you know, you might see, see somebody come into the, into the background. Um, and I think that's just opened up a whole, whole level of opportunity and flexibility that perhaps um, wasn't there previously. And there was um, a stereotype that that impacted women more than, than perhaps men. Um, and I just think that's been, you know, the, those barriers have been completely broken down and ultimately the, the flexibility that the pandemic has brought with it and the amazing female entrepreneurs that are stepping up and people in certain people that I know in HR roles and women in HR roles and, and equally men in HR roles that are, you know, having to adapt and tweak and change what they do in their entire approach. It's, um, as I say, it's brought a lot of negativity, but I think it's brought the human back to these connections and, and these relationships. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. And so uh, just to close, what advice would you give to uh, women in tech? I'd say don't be fearful of any situation. I think you can overthink things at, in, at times. Um, I certainly can sometimes go into my own head a little bit, and I think we've all been there where you try to map out a conversation or how something might go or how you're, how you're perceived. And I think if you can truly be authentic, if you can bring yourself to any situation and the passion that you have and the fire in your belly that you have for something that you do, that, that shines in everything that, that, that you, you do in your working career. And um, I would say to just not be afraid to let that, that show um, because it, it, in my opinion, in, you know, the, the people that we have and the team that we have, you, you see that in people and they have that why within them. So any advice that I could give would be, yeah, don't be afraid and don't, I guess perhaps certain situations might seem a little bit more intimidating when there's certain people around a table or in a, in a room or a perception that 
you would think a, a role might be, but try to let some of that go and just, just be yourself. Excellent. I love that. And, you know, just being yourself and being authentic and, you know, not being afraid to share your opinions and your voice is really important. Um, so thank you so much, Nikki. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. Um, you're truly an inspiration um, for a lot of women out there. And um, so thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me.